I'm Corinne Strauchan and I'm Program Manager at the Institute of Imagination. We're having an, uh, a Lab Live event, what we call. It's a big partner event, so we work with a lot of different partners throughout London, from all over the UK actually. Uh, run, we're creating a space for kids to imagine, where they can roam freely and imagine. And the theme today is Metropolis. So we're imagining about cities, how cities work, how cities run, what the future city is going to look like. And we have lots of activities and workshops that can bring out your imagination and be creative and make something that you've come up with. I'm Jennifer Coleman, I'm Director of Development for the Institute of Imagination. So we're a children's charity um, and we um, believe passionately in providing children with the opportunities to develop the skills they'll need for the future which we think ultimately stem from imagination. Um, so if you look at the rapid pace of change, both technologically, you know, socially, environmentally, um, the kinds of skills that children are going to need to thrive are creativity, entrepreneurialism, teamwork, collaboration, um, all of those, uh, you know, what we typically class as kind of soft skills, but actually are becoming essential. Um, and for us, that all starts first in the imagination. If you can't imagine it, you can't go on to create it, you can't go on to do it. And like you, we think that there is um, a, there are lack of opportunities for children to, to really apply their imagination in, in a meaningful way. Um, to do that without predetermined outcomes, so to do it in an open-ended, um, child-led way um, that isn't kind of in a rigid curriculum structure or in a, within a kind of you know, time frame. And uh, where, as I say, where they're really kind of, they lead the way, they can try and experiment and fail and learn again and there's, there's no kind of, um, you know, there's, there's no problem with that. So we, we think that there is a, a need for, for us, so there's a need for a movement to create space for children to reimagine the world, which is ultimately what we're trying to achieve. For kids, um, I've got two kids myself, everything is very structured. There's a lot of uh, things they need to achieve. There's a lot of, at schools, a lot of goals and, and aims that you need to get to. And that means there's not that much time to just have um, open-ended activities to follow your own creativity, your own train of thought, because there's a set time. And here at the lab, I think we create a whole day where there's no, it's all drop in, there's no time limit, you can stay however long you want to stay and just be free and, and uh, use kind of modern technology, science processes, design processes to get you from your imagination to whatever you want to make being trying, you know, kind of crammed into the school day um, and that means there, there, there inevitably is a focus on um, the end point which is often a test and then teaching to that test um, and therefore the room to just kind of play and experiment and imagine for the afternoon uh, there, isn't the time, there isn't the time for that. Similarly, there's less time at home, so often both parents are now working, um, often quite long days, children often in kind of preschool clubs, after school clubs, um, often because parents are worried about um, you know, what the uh, you know, skills the children might need for the future, they're often in after school kind of programs or classes, or extra tutoring or, or um, you know, lessons of some description. Um, so the time again to play as a family and just in an open-ended way, in a child-led way, discovering and experimenting um, is also limited. Um, so there's a kind of time factor in, in, both, um, in both settings and also a resources factor. So schools, again, increasingly limited resources. Um, one of the things that we try and do is kind of shortcut that um, creation of new technology, creation of new ideas, and the way that it normally trickles down very slowly into the education system or into the kind of home um, very slow. We want to try and shortcut that. So bringing things in like cutting-edge VR, um, 3D printing, augmented reality, you know, laser cutting, whatever it might be, how can we go out there and look at you know, the, the things at the cutting edge and bring them, bring them through? Because 
there just simply aren't the resources in school to, to buy or access those kinds of equipment. Um, and similarly, parents too increasingly stretch budgets. Um, you know, inflation is hitting everybody. Um, you know, wage um, suppression is hitting everybody. Um, again, parents have got limited resources um, in that sense. So I think for you know we we see ourselves as being able to create this, the time. So you can come here. You know, the event here today it's ten till four. You can stay as long as you like. There's no restriction. You don't have to sign up for anything. There's not like half hour workshops or whatever. It's ten till four. Whatever you want to do. We're doing um, a kind of film workshop here where they've got a green screen and it's got a city background and they're playing with uh, props that they're making in different workshops as a scene and then it's like a Godzilla scene where they can kind of smash things and and be kind of the main character and in the meantime they're learning about how film is made and how uh, yeah how film represents reality and how you can play with reality. Neil O'Rourke. We've been to the Institute of Imagination events a few times. Uh, this one obviously is the Father's Day treat for me. Uh, it's been good fun. We got to trash uh, Tokyo, or a cardboard version of Tokyo as Godzilla, which is, I think, any parent or child's dream come true. Um, the kids have enjoyed the dancing uh, with Movie Warriors a lot. Um, we've made balloon races, uh, water flow. It's kind of like everything which is good fun to do in one place and it doesn't trash your own house. I'm Harvey Thompson and uh, I really enjoyed this place because there are like, lots of activities everywhere. This is our second time. My name is Esther Sabo and I, um, yeah, I live here in London, but I came here uh, seven years ago from Hungary. I have two children, one is uh, two and a half year old and the other one is six and a half. Um, they really enjoyed it, absolutely. The little one spent a lot of time in this under five section with, uh, with her little cat and with this pink post-its. You know, she was absolutely uh, amazed by these pink post-its and then put everywhere. And the bigger one, uh, he was building a lot of uh, houses from these, from these boxes, cardboard boxes. They are living in a really, really crowded city. So uh, they have to figure out how, how to survive, actually, uh, and not in a boring environment, but in a more, you know, um, I don't know, uh, nicer and, uh, and um, creative environment. So I think it's a, it's a, it's a great thing to, to, to organize such kind of events. I really enjoyed it. If you can engage the adults in the lives of children as well as the children themselves, that they'll be inspired to go on and do things when they get back home. Ultimately, we, we want to help children develop those skills they need for the future. That's not going to happen in one day. That's that's about a, a kind of you know, systemic change. So we're hoping that we can kind of influence those you know, adults directly in their lives to do more when they get home or get back to the classroom. Um, and ultimately, our aim is to set up a research hub so that we can start to gather that best practice and research on a much bigger scale and start to have much bigger influence on the wider world. Yeah, they're making things that can move without fossil fuels, so they're using air, they're using balloons to propel things forward. They're also learning how to make cars move with um, technology by coding. Um, so here we're building a cardboard city, so we're all using recycled materials to build what you would like to see in your city, what you enjoy seeing in your city, or what you imagine the place where you'd like to go. My name is Michael. My little one likes to build things and stuff, so I, I think the third time we've been here and it's always like fun to just, just for her to build things. Just the material that's available for, to have access to easily, yeah. that's, um, that's pretty great. Uh, my name is Seb. It's been really good, yeah, really good for the children. 
So I've got three kids and ranging from he is um, seven months to almost five. And yeah, it's been really good for them, yeah. I like it, it's good space. Kids tend to always, you know, are either in front of the computer or in front of the TV. And I think this, this space makes it, it's really useful in that they can imagine, you know, use their imagination better. Well, this, you know, this train track is a good one. They like the water feature. And, um, and my daughter's actually playing with the cardboard boxes, which is, you know, the simpler things that they just like using, yeah, like the cardboard boxes, yeah. Uh, my name's Isa, I'm a programmer. Came here with my partner, she was holding a Pico workshop, and we have a little daughter, a five-year-old daughter. It's almost like a sanctuary. <laughs> Somewhere to run to and just keep your sanity. Uh, yeah, it's good fun. I, I, think, I think it's just a nice place to have a bit of creativity around and kind of like maybe meet other children who are into the same sort of set of ideas and way of thinking about the world and but sometimes that gets lost when you just go to school and come back home and do your homework and stuff. What I always notice is that everyone is calm so while we're creating a free space, an open space, uh, they don't, they're not restricted, they don't need to do anything, they can just kind of get started. They're really focused, they're really calm, they work together, they're interested. Well, if you have so many kids in one place, you expect chaos, and actually it's complete opposite. So that's that's what I noticed. And the parents enjoy it as well because you don't have to restrict your child, and they can run if they want, they can talk loud if they want, they can be free. We always try and have a mixture in all senses, so a mixture of, um, of kind of subjects, disciplines, if you want to think about it like that, a, a, a mixture of kind of things for different abilities, a mixture of tech and non-tech, so there's a kind of blended. Um, but I think for us the key thing is, is less whether it's tech or not tech or screen or not screen, but it's, it's, it's how creative is it. So we never want activities that are passive. So I think a lot of the problem with, with screen time and a lot of the kind of issues that come from it are where, where children are consuming content through screens. So maybe they're sitting and watching YouTube videos or they're sitting and playing a game. Um, and those things have their place and there's a lot of fun and, and education involved in those. But it's very passive. It's, it's, it's children using a screen as a, as a kind of content device, you know, kind of, you know, inputting into their eyes and ears. Um, <clears throat> all of the activities that we do that use screens, the screen is a tool to do something. So here we've got kids using little laptops so that's so that they can create something that's 3D printed and they then get their 3D printed object that they can take home with them. Um, we've done um, activities before which are um, like stop frame animation so you're using the screen as a camera essentially <clears throat> using again a free app that um, you, can, you can have at home but then they're using plasticine and cardboard and glitter and whatever else they want to make little scenes and create little films and, and, and that's you know the, 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 again the screen is a tool it's not it's not the content that, you know, it, itself um, so I think for us it's about how do you how do you use technology as a tool and not you know there's no point shying away from it because they are ubiquitous everybody has a smartphone within um, pretty much every uh, job that there is now and certainly in the future you will be using kind of smart devices of one description or another so if we are trying to set children up well for the future we'd be mad to say well we're not going to have you know we're not going to have screens um, but I think it's about using them cleverly and using them sensitively so that children understand that you know, unlike the kind of Apple model where everything's sealed and you can't see inside, actually we want children to kind of start thinking, well, how does this work actually? How do I hack this? How do I understand this?